Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Okay, friends, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with the, with the founder of Colaberry, Ram Katamaraja. Now, there's nothing more frustrating than an individual with the background and talent to contribute to a company, but that those two are unable to find each other in a chaotic job market like our own. That's exactly the issue Rom set out to resolve when he started Colaberry. Coming from a technology background, Rom's AI analytics software helps facilitate end-to-end discovery between workers and companies. Colaberry stresses its use of AI as for the benefit of humanity. And in today's turbulent economy, the company is doing valuable work with not only connecting workforce and enterprises, but also facilitating the training of employees in their transitions from all kinds of backgrounds to the technology sector. Colaberry Inc. is growing like crazy. So Ram, my friend, let's get to it. Thank you for being here today. Um, Thank you, Drew, for inviting me to the podcast. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we took our stab at, at, at your origin story from best we could gather online, but you tell me in your own words, how did you start this company? Yeah, uh, it's an interesting uh, story. Uh, I did not start uh, it with the idea of, okay, I want to build this big business uh, company sort of thing. The, uh, the origins was really related to how can I give back? Um, so, one day I was sitting uh, in my living room and watching TV uh, and I was watching uh, a show on veterans, military veterans coming back home with uh, almost no jobs there. Uh, it, it, this is around like 2011 timeframe. And uh, uh, at that point of time, we decided to give back uh, by hiring a military veteran. Um, and uh, as part of that process, kind of quickly realized that uh, it's very difficult to hire uh, people with the right talent. Uh, so um, I talked to friends and uh, we put together a cohort uh, to train uh, military veterans. And I got like really fortunate uh, with that initial cohort. Uh, we took the help of a uh, Marine Corps uh, veteran to put that cohort together, who is an African-American. And because of that in initial cohort, we had like inbuilt diversity. Um, and we we trained and uh, uh, five people and, and we ended up hiring three of them and two went and got jobs outside. Uh, after that, uh, it uh, we came to a realization that there is a lot of need, uh, especially uh, to um, help people like develop skills because there are lots of jobs, especially we, we were focusing on data industry, data analytics space, um, and there are lots of jobs and there's a need for talent. So which started as a give back kind of quickly moved into uh, a business model uh, where uh, we were training not only just military veterans, but in general, like large uh, populations, uh, primarily people of color. Um, and uh, and then also working with like large companies, uh, providing them staffing and consulting solutions in the data analytics and uh, data science space. So it's, uh, uh, and we, we just still feel lucky and pinch ourselves that the company keeps growing um, and we just, uh, I think we are doing the right thing uh, and for the right reasons. And uh, uh, it grew it grew into like a business that we are very proud of. So this started as a kind of a side project, a, a giving back uh, element for yourself. But what was the, what was the business you were involved in at the time while this was just a side experiment? Yeah, so uh, I was doing uh, freelance technology consulting, uh, working as an enterprise solutions architect. Uh, So I worked with 
large banks and pharmaceutical companies and building you know, like multi-year enterprise uh, systems. So that was like what uh, I was primarily uh, involved with. Um, and uh, some uh, basically this uh, effort, uh, I always had the entrepreneurship uh, bug, uh, but uh, so that's why I was doing like more freelance work and going out and like building solutions. But when we found, when we stumbled upon this problem of lack of uh, skills, uh, you know, and in, especially for the people who needed it most, um, and uh, there, there is a need for skills and there's a huge gap in, in terms of like what market needs, uh, and the in, uh, in the demand and supply of the talent. So we we saw that uh, we are not only just providing solutions to enterprise, but we are solving a real problem in the society. Um, and uh, and we and we just kept doing it. Like we set up ourselves a vision that we are going to help a hundred thousand people realize their American dream. So that was like our <laughs> uh, not star. Uh, it was it was really, really difficult to train people, uh, especially a lot of people that we are trying to train uh, had uh, almost like uh, no technology uh, experience. and we and, and even the existing systems, uh, all the MOOCs are uh, learning management systems, etc. They wouldn't meet cater to their needs. Mm. Uh, so we had to like re literally rethink from ground up, like how do we build this uh, uh, the platform for helping uh, helping them shift the career. So which involved learning and mentoring and uh, access to uh, projects and portfolios and uh, interview preparations and soft skills, hard skills, and the whole uh, ecosystem is required. So the platform is built to kind of replicate not just the learning, but it's uh, it's built to replicate uh, movement of a person, um, whoever they, whatever their background is, into a highly valuable uh, talent for enterprises and then continuing to support them to grow in their career. So it's it's a big endeavor, like kind of labor of love uh, sort of thing. And uh, uh, and we are continuing to do that on an ongoing basis. Um, are the majority of people that are coming into your your program coming with the background of, of, like you mentioned earlier, virtually no technology background? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, on, so... We, we again like I just want, at at very high level we have two aspects. One is we train people with almost no technology background, and also we work with these large enterprises, providing them cutting edge solutions, right? Because enterprises people want uh, to develop skills, enterprises want solutions, like cutting edge solutions. So we're preaching, we're kind of like uh, working to bridge that gap. So as part of the training. Uh, mo uh, most of the people have no technology background. And, and as a matter of fact, more almost 70% of the people are uh, African, uh, are, uh, um, it's people of color uh, and about 45% women. Um, and uh, we train like more than 1,000 people per year. Um, wow. And yeah, and uh, and it's like an automated process. We start like a new cohort, like almost every month, and it's it's more like a Montessori system where people like continuously work with each other, mentor each other, um, and we use uh, you know, we use data science uh, to help people overcome their. Uh, technology hesitancy had <laughs> to borrow it from vaccine hesitancy, right? So uh, from technology hesitancy, uh, and what that means is a uh, lot of people who come to our programs uh, don't even know how to use uh, Google properly, right? Or how and probably they 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 know how to use Facebook because it's uh, but that's about it. But we teach them everything from ground up and like in. Uh, three to six months time frame, they are ready to go uh, um, and work in tech uh, as uh, data analysts. Uh, 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 and and 
that's and and it's a Herculean effort. It's not easy, right? And we built like an entire ecosystem uh, for that. Um, and some of the principles that we look there is what uh, your basically your past doesn't define your future. Uh, so we don't judge any people to come into our bootcamp style program. They can come in, but uh, 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 we also have a principle that uh, we you, uh, how smart you are. Uh, we, we we don't we don't define people based on their smartness, uh, but we uh, measure people's perseverance um, and uh, basically measure them on how much time and effort they are putting on a day to day basis, week to week basis so that uh, we can provide them uh, data-driven learning paths about uh, themselves, about, about identifying themselves, uh, whether they are succeeding or not. So it, it, it doesn't matter whether they've succeeded or failed in a step, but on the aggregate, and also it doesn't matter how much time they take. Some people might take three months, some people might take six months, some people might take a year, but all that matters is the entire data set of their aggregate data points of their effort and their collaboration. We we uh, aggregate everything and keep providing them uh, feedback on how do they stand in relation to other people who succeeded uh, that went through the program. So it, in a way, uh, we are empowering them through data to kind of uh, uh, make sure they're on the path to success and succeed. So that's for the hard skill development. And then on the soft skill side, this is where we kind of, uh, we we won uh, uh, the platform that we developed won a competition at MIT. They organized a global competition called MIT Solve uh, in 2018. Uh, when we uh, pitched up uh, our platform, uh, we were uh, recognized as uh, the uh, one of the top future of work solutions, especially in the impact space. Uh, it, was, it was a competition of more than 1,100 companies from over 110 countries submissions. You know, the scale of MIT is huge. So we were recognized as the top. And, and one of the big aspects of that was how we use data science and AI. So I already told you how we use data to empower people. And on the AI side, what we do is we uh, we ins uh, we take uh, video assignments from people uh, and use and run uh, machine learning algorithms to give them feedback on their soft skills, um, how they are communicating, how they are looking, and um, in general, like how they are processing information, sort of thing. So we provide that. So in a way, if you think about it, a lot of companies use video interviewing to screen out people. Right, so we use similar technology to empower people to become like better and stuff. Like removing them from the process, we use the technology to empower them to become better and better in the process. So similarly, even like all the things, uh, either we are using data, are we using audio, video, or yeah, whatever we are using. Uh, instead, of, we use them instead of limiting people. We we use them to empower people and enhance their capability to become better and succeed. So that's the training side of things. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Sorry, go. On. Uh, I didn't mean to inter interrupt you. I'm just curious if you have an example to help kind of flesh this out. What this looks like to use a platform with data and AI. Can you give me an example of of how someone would interact with that and how that uh, provides learning for them? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, okay. It's a, uh, so at very high level, if you think about it, it's uh, more like a, uh, uh, video assignments that people take. Let me just quickly show you something is if, if I can. Sure. Uh, so let's see. Let me share my screen. So it, it'll just like a small illustration. Uh, can you see my screen? I can, yes. So I'll just play this video. So you see that, okay, there's a video that's coming in and we are capturing like new orientation, like sort of things, right? So we capture all this information. Wow. Um, as you can see, uh, uh, across, uh, across various 
demographics, ethnicities, accents, and the whole uh, whole bunch of things, right? So we 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 capture this information and provide uh, feedback to people. So if this happens, people can record on their mobiles and our, our, in our platform and everywhere, and it gives the feedback. And what happens is this feedback keeps getting aggregated and we do like micro and uh, macro analysis micro meaning we just take their input their speech their expressions and everything and provide like feedback for them and also aggregate data across like with tens of thousands of video that keeps coming in uh, from other participants and like provide them input on how they stand uh, compared to like other sort of thing and also how their data looks like compared to others uh, who already graduated and uh, went on doing jobs so it's uh, so so again like it's just a small piece <laughs> uh, that was uh, impressive so yeah if you're, yeah if you're just listening and you're not able to to, to if you're not watching and seeing the video of this he just showed me a quick video of different participants that looked like they were giving some kind of presentation and there was overlaid on the screen feedback of looked like it was analyzing their facial expressions maybe their voice tone or whatever and we're giving descriptions like sad or anxious or whatever I, that was i guess giving them feedback of how they were coming off is that is that right yeah yeah i mean that's just the tip of the iceberg right so that's kind of right. uh, uh, lays the foundation for us uh, but we uh, it just builds like the entire ecosystem uh, on top of it and basically so the, the the whole idea is how can we use technology to empower people uh, rather than screen them out right so and some of these these people who go through this process right and they go and like take that video interview or video screening interview they just nail it wow <laughs> right we, uh, so yeah and uh, and you can also see people uh, changing uh, so think about it i don't know like probably you might be a great example uh, when when uh, you probably like started this podcast versus maybe after five ten podcasts like how you were talking how you are instructing how you're addressing completely shifts because you are in control of your communication, right? right? So that's exactly like what we are giving people to be in control of their communication uh, through uh, technology platform where they don't have to schedule anything with anybody, but they could just uh, interact with the AI and yeah, it gives them feedback and voila, they, they just keep getting better and better. That's amazing. Is this is the is the ecosystem and the course that you've built out is it is it completely uh, in a sense self-guided and even self-paced like they go through it at their own pace or is there any live elements that they're having to interact with an actual coach of yours or something like that yeah uh, that's a that's a good question um it's we operate in like multiple phases so we had to meet the needs of our customers like i said most of the uh, People, uh, most of the people have no technology backgrounds and sometimes uh, up, uh, almost about 50% are below poverty line. Uh, so when we are interacting with them, there is a uh, tech hesitancy for people like to just even like use it. So uh, we start with the uh, high touch model with the goal of uh, after completing uh, 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 the initial foundational program, it becomes like a, a completely uh, self-guided, right? Wow. But, but that's a caveat, caveat there is even in the self-guided world, uh, it's uh, more of a collaboration ecosystem rather than, okay, I just want to go and like learn a course and like be done with it. We are not, uh, we are not just looking to uh, create skills or give skills to people, uh, uh, hard skills or tech skills to people, but we are trying to help them become what we call job ready on uh, first day, right? And also other KPI, there's an interesting KPI that we have, which drove a lot of uh, uh, our work. Uh, KPI is key performance indicator, which is used in uh, heavily used in uh, analytics. So the KPI is one interview equal to one job. What that means is 
we want to be able to measure people to a level where we can very confidently say that if they attend an interview, they will get the job, right? Um, so the reason for that KPI is most of the people, they get scared, they, they go take some training and then they apply for a job, they might not get the job, right? Uh, or, or they might not get the interviews. They get an interview and they're like, just fail in that interview, bomb the interview, right? And then now they move on to some other skill, some other skill, some other skill. It becomes like a never ending, uh, it's a continuous loop of, okay, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. Instead, sure. you want to change that and say, hey, we're gonna tell you, just, just uh, we're gonna uh, get all your data and we're going to tell you when you are ready to do to face your interview and once we set up that kpa and build the entire ecosystem and platform we kind of realized that almost one third of the people get their uh, job in their first interview uh, and uh, and we we again like our i think our mission doesn't end until we get to a place where almost everyone gets their job in their first interview but yeah hey <laughs> so, but yeah so that's an, that's an impressive benchmark to start with though yeah 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 so again so, it's game high you know <laughs> so that you can innovate yeah so what what i'm gathering from you is in many senses you're somewhat like a a a scientist and an architect of human learning and development and i'm curious what are you learning so far from you know the feedback of the results you're getting with your people what is the what is the mixture what's involved in architecting adult learning you know that is a difficult thing to get people later in life to to learn new skills to apply themselves to get out of their comfort zone to retain the information to feel like they actually are uh, truly learning versus just memorizing some stuff uh, and, and I'm just curious what what you've learned uh, in, in in your your attempts to do so? Yeah, so I mean there are tons of learning as part of this process. For me, uh, this like I mean I came from India and uh, for almost like half my life uh, I never seen uh, or probably almost never interacted with the uh, African American as part of the tech job probably there are a couple of people who work in the tech teams, but like suddenly like work getting into this, uh, getting into this space and like started working with uh, uh, minorities. And uh, uh, it, it was like eye-opening. The, the roadblocks that they have to succeed are tremendous. Right? I mean, obviously the financial roadblock is there and the probably there is like inherent bias uh, in hiring processes, all these things are there. But more than that, if I have to boil down to one, uh, if I have boiled down to a couple of really big items that helps to succeed. I mean, all these the ones that I talked about are like what would stop them, but what would help them succeed? What would help them succeed is if we can uh, there is this one saying, if you can't, if you can't see it, you can't be it, right? So if you can create an ecosystem where see it and be it, right? Mm. Then that makes people believe that they can succeed. So that's why in our ecosystem, you know, all our mentors are, uh, are somebody who looks like the students, they have gone into the in the same uh, paths that they went through. So you have the Uber drivers, you have the baristas, you have the uh, nursing assistants, you have the customer service reps, and all the people and and people who uh, who who has gone through that uh, grind and who have gone through the struggles, right, in the path. And they, we we uh, we bring them our our alums as the uh, mentors, right. So now what happens is, oh you look like me, you talk like me, you act like me and you were like me. So I can succeed too. So that was like the one big, big uh, aspect, right? It's like simple, symbols matter, right? And that, so, and once they have it, that creates like huge momentum and create, uh, creates the people, uh, makes the people to succeed. And the other one is, uh, this is more on the uh, success at the success at the end uh, sort of thing, right? Success at the end, 
Uh, so just to, if, if we have to talk about, like, let's say, you know, you are going to a Harvard or MIT or Stanford, right? Nobody who is there is going to think that they're going to fail in, in their career, right? Whatever they choose, they may choose the career that they are in or uh, that they are studying are like completely different thing. In the mindset is we are going to succeed, right? So we, and, and our goal is to create a ecosystem like that, right? Or a, a message like that, right? Yeah. Uh, and and uh, so that, and what that means is when somebody says, I'm going to collaborate in their mind, that translates to I'm going to succeed, right? Because yeah. collaborate is going to do everything that is required uh, using data, using AI, using mentors, using ecosystem and uh, the network outreach, market outreach, everything possible to help them succeed, right? So that's the mindset that we are creating for them. You are like, you go there, you fall, you, you, you do your work, follow the instructions and build your profile, you will succeed. So that's, these are the two big aspects. One is symbols matter, another is the trust in the system matter, right? So these will enable uh, people to succeed here. Uh, and yes, like your question is like what you learned <laughs> from all these things, right? So all I learned is it's what matters really is how you can empower people and help them believe that they can succeed. Yeah, Once you are able to do that. Um, nobody can stop them. We have we have people, single mothers uh, living uh, in uh, uh, shelters, becoming uh, da data architects. We have uh, we have uh, uh, warehouse associates becoming data warehouse developers. We have uh, customer service people uh, becoming. Uh, or technology manager. So it's uh, it's the stories are like wild, um, and uh, just makes us uh, very very uh, happy for, for having and and also feel lucky for having the opportunity to do like what we are doing. Yeah, it's it's clearly such a meaningful and impactful business that you're giving people the opportunity to maybe for the first time really succeed in their professional career. You're giving them real skills both soft skills and hard skills that are marketable, right? That there, that there's need for out there, which man, you can't, you can't give somebody much more than that kind of opportunity. That's amazing. You know, what I'm curious is on the business side, right? So we're talking about the service side, but on the business side, what have been the biggest challenges to, to growing and, and, and building this and scaling this as a business? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, from the business side, uh, again, like uh, I have a tech background, I'm not sales and marketing guy, so I you can take my uh, feedback with a grain of salt, uh, or, or my observations with a grain of salt. But in general, uh, what, what what we when I talk about business, the business, uh, the primary business has to come uh, from working with employers, right? Employers should hire them, right? So. In the initial in the initial days, like when we said, "Oh, we are training this amazing talent, um, you should and you should hire them." And it's a, most of the times it's a miss rather than a hit. But they like our they like what we are doing, and they would say, "Hey, uh, can you help us create solution? Can you help us develop solutions?" Right. Uh, we want this data analytics need that needs to be done. We need the data science work that needs to be done, etc. Right. So, in a way, it it opened up a completely new uh, business opportunity for us uh, to work with enterprises. So, when we are working with enterprises, uh, we can uh, provide them various solutions. So one is like staffing, if they're interested to hire uh, people who are uh, getting trained, uh, they can hire them. And the other one, other option that we provide is like uh, contract to hire or try before you buy sort of thing, right? So where they can they can hire people and we manage the team to uh, and, and help them uh, transition uh, 
by hiring like whoever they like. And the third one that we do is we actually take uh, projects, small to large projects, like um, a thousand dollar projects to a million dollar project, doesn't matter, right? So we can take the small, small to large projects uh, from data analytics to uh, data science and AI, and we can deploy uh, uh, a combination of talent. So one is the freshly trained talent who would be working on some tasks, and then we have uh, alums, like the experienced people. And we also hire uh, a lot of highly um, qualified and educated folks from the, uh, from the market and like build these teams that are, uh, that, that are a combination of high talent and, um, um, and inclusivity and diversity, right? So, so yeah. that we can provide like uh, uh, solutions for the businesses. So uh, from the enterprise standpoint, like that, uh, so in a way, uh, it opened up uh, the, the initial hesitancy to hire uh, the people that we are trained open, opened up like completely new business models for us, where we are, where we are able to reach out to the uh, small, medium, large businesses and basically like start working with them and provide them solutions. So at, at the end of the day, it's a win-win for us because we are looking to help people transition into careers and get into good paying jobs and uh, build careers and, uh, and change their lives and probably and, and their neighborhoods as well. Uh, and for the businesses, it's great because they are getting uh, high performing solutions without any compromise. And we, we manage the entire uh, risk for them. Uh, and, and, that, uh, and that risk can be we managing the talent and uh, and they hiring them whenever uh, it is the right time, are we developing the solutions and deploying a mix uh, a uh, a team of like various uh, capabilities and delivering the solutions? So uh, it's uh, well, it's been uh, uh, it's been a learning experience. We have a lot to learn, um, and we are hoping uh, and and. In, at least like after the uh, pandemic, there is like a lot more uh, demand for tech talent, which is great. Um, so it's, uh, it's um, and 20, uh, 2021 has been like a really good uh, year. Like people are getting jobs uh, left and right. And, uh, um, and we are also able to like work on projects for companies and provide them solutions. So, uh, we we became the Inc. 5000 in 2020 and 2021. So, which is I, I think, knock on wood, we are uh, we are continuing to grow. That's exciting. So, what it sounds like to me, and I'm going to take a little bit of a guess. I'm filling in the in the gaps. So, feel free to, to correct me if I'm off. But it sounds like to me, the actual training of these students, these adult students who are coming through, looking for a new career and being trained in that. I would guess is likely not a huge revenue stream in terms of what they could afford to pay for the program is probably not, you know, wildly high, but you found revenue streams that come from both placing them, getting them, uh, connecting them to employers as well as project work that are coming out of the needs of potential employers as well. Are those, those backend stuff that, that project work and, or finding a fit for a company, is that the primary revenue stream or the biggest revenue stream for the company? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, uh, if you uh, one of the reasons uh, why we had to get into these models is the people that we are serving most of the times they cannot afford financial burden. Like, is a huge thing. Uh, so, we had to uh, develop this business models that one uh, we charge we charge enough from the students. Uh, for us to keep the lights on and keep supporting it, uh, but it's not uh, it's not something that we uh, think uh, uh, as the core business as of now, right? Uh, but I do hope that uh, with uh, some pretty sometime pretty soon it would be large enough that. We are able to provide like thousands of. Uh, we are churning uh, at least a thousand students per year or more, and if uh, uh, if, uh, if enterprises are willing to like hire and pay us for that hiring, <laughs> uh, that would be great. I mean, it's it's interesting 
that uh, a staffing a staffing recruiter uh, would go out into the market like search for people and provide the talent and they would get paid like 20% 30% of the salary but when they want to hire from us the businesses are like very um, i mean it's they are not ready to pay so it's kind of like blows my mind so we are doing all the effort to train really? <laughs> but they're not willing to pay at all or they're not willing to pay up to that kind of industry standard of 20 to 30% most of the time they're not willing to pay at all um, so so that's why we had to kind of find this various alternate solutions to kind of like uh, make it work uh, but i hope that would change as we uh, as we uh, grow and as we uh, as our students and alums uh, as, um, as they perform perform well in the market and probably the, the enterprise and business can, business can see value and uh, we'll get to a stage where uh, that would become a sustainable model because if if that if if we if we get there probably we would be churning out 10,000 people, maybe 100,000 people per year who really needs these yeah. uh, skills. So that's a no brainer, man. That pisses me off for you. Like, if you're doing all this work training these people up, you should be getting your cut. I mean, that's <laughs> all. See, if you're, you're, you're not even just introducing them, right? Like, often a headhunter or someone like that is literally just finding someone on LinkedIn and connecting them to someone who's looking. You guys are actually training them, you know, like, walking them through the process integrating them that's that that's a premium you know <laughs> funny, funny thing is like uh the our graduates are like kind of on the hunting radar for a lot of recruiters okay. <laughs> they, would recruit that's them us. <laughs> they would recruit them place at the companies and uh, they get the cut but hey uh it, it is what it is like we do our trade, <laughs> they trade. So, oh yeah. no rom don't get pushed around man i'm in your corner we're gonna figure this out you guys should be getting your you should be getting your weight in gold on this yeah yeah uh, we are we are uh uh, yeah, that that that's uh, that's our goal, and uh, we would be getting there. I mean, it's like one step at a time. I can't right. push it. So, right so, like, again, like our primary uh, north star has been getting people jobs. <laughs> that we're getting a hundred thousand people jobs, right? So, and by whatever means, right? That's that's what, and and we did not, uh, we did not uh, make it a. Uh, uh, we, we did not think about, oh, we have to make so much money, right? We just thought, okay, let's do the work and let's help people and let's change, uh, let's change lives and get them careers. Money will come. So, and I yeah, get it. So, yeah. And, and yes, uh, we can, uh, yeah, we, we, we need, uh, I mean, we are like working on solving that problem on the sales side. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Every business has this challenge, right? Based on who you are as a founder, what skill sets are around you, what industry you're in, what barriers you have to overcome. So that's one of them is getting the market to recognize these are quality trained people and the confidence that buying from you in a sense is going to get them, you know, the quality that they're looking for. And uh, that's just going to be, like I said, over time building that reputation, but it's also probably going to be in the sales skill development where you know how to have that conversation with a company to help them see the value to no brainer. Yeah. You get 20% of, of, of someone to fill this role. If it works out great. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. Yeah. So um, we, we came up with like an interesting model, which we want to test it out. We want to say, Hey, you know, don't pay usually in the market what happens like in they have to pay 20 percent in like some 60 to 90 days we are like you know uh this is a model that we are like working on putting out there you don't have to pay us in 90 days pay us 12 month installments <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> so you, okay like let's say it's a 24k commission like for example right it's uh for, for hiring someone right uh, instead of paying us 24k after 60 or 90 days pay us two thousand dollars per month and if you let them go after six months you're just paying 12k or if you keep them beyond like 12 months you pay us 24k and you got the like right resource so we we are trying That's smart to, yeah we are trying removing to removing some of the risk yeah yeah reduce the risk it's like yeah oh so we we that's uh, that's one of the uh, models that we are uh, 
working on and hopefully uh, companies would like that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like where your head's at. Okay. For you personally, um, what does rest and recovery look like for you? You're a busy guy. You got a whole bunch going on. You're a hard worker, man. I know so many founders out there struggle with this. So that's why I'm just, I'm asking like, what does, what does rest and recovery look for, like for you in a given week or, or a year? That, that's a good question. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm a fitness, uh, I'm into fitness, uh, but uh, I'm growing old and kind of had like some injuries. <laughs> so I have to like kind of balance it out. So usually there, there are a few things that I try to follow. So I try to uh, do meditation, uh, like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, uh, if not every day, like alternate day. So that's like big part of uh, managing my stress. Uh, and the other is like, tip, I'm in Boston, winters are cold. So in winters, I typically uh, get to do some yoga and stuff like that. So kind of like work through the stress. Um, and uh, in summers and spring and uh, I go on walks and uh, light run and uh, sort of things. Uh, so yeah, so it's uh, building building some sort of uh, uh, regimen to work on mind and body is like really, really important. So that, that kind of helps me uh, manage my, uh, uh, manage my stress and work-life balance. And it's also, I guess uh, I'm a little, I got like really lucky uh, with uh, how uh, we developed this uh, business model. We give it, I mean, money is important, but what we thought was like giving back and helping people was really, really important. So uh, we did not stress out too much on how much money we were making. Um, but over a period of time, like we make good money now, it, it succeeded and we make good money. That's different. But given that that was like not a big thing on our minds, uh, probably the, uh, from the financial stress standpoint, we were able to manage it just being having our, what, what is our North Star, right? So that was, that was you know, good. And as the company is growing, I am learning to, uh, delegate more and more <laughs> so that way the business can run uh, even if uh, even if i'm not around for a day or for a week uh, sort of things so uh, that that's one uh, aspect and then covid has been like very interesting <laughs> because <laughs> it's a uh, uh, one uh, covid allowed us to move our entire training operations uh, online. Previously, we used to have like brick and mortar and online. So this kind of like catapulted, uh, changed uh, how we uh, how we operated. So that was, that was great. Uh, but uh, also managing the employees and uh, helping them like work through their own uh, productivity. It has been, uh, it, it has been initially challenging but i think over a period of time we found a rhythm and how to work with each other how to talk with each other and uh, um, um, and i think we are doing okay yeah okay. yeah what's the what's the size team uh at, at, at colaberry how many people are working with you oh, so on the training side we have about uh 10 full-time staff and almost about like uh, 40 mentors who work part-time um, and then on the sales business development and staff the staffing consulting side we have uh, about uh, I would say another 100 people um, wow to, to service the enterprise clients uh, so yeah it's a uh, overall like about like 100 people like working in the company in various capacities that's a lot of people you you've you've got a, a serious undertaking here. A hundred people, just on the sales, marketing, and development side. Uh, sales, marketing, and uh, uh, the customer delivery, like the on the uh, consulting side. Yeah, what is what's the most difficult part about managing that size of a team? Um. Uh, so so I think one thing that we. 
uh, that's easy for us is uh, because of the client work, a lot of the management uh, of the uh, uh, the consulting side is pretty much like uh, depends on the client's uh, needs. Uh, so it's, uh, uh, so that, uh, and all we have to do is like manage the expectations. And then from the training and uh, um, from the training side, uh, it's, it has been like, a complete culture development from scratch. Uh, really listening to uh, listening to what our students want and uh, uh, hiring people uh, for that needs. And also, we do a lot of hiring from within our student and alumni population on the training side because they understand the whole the the grind that it takes for it to work. Uh, so. That, uh, that's primarily like what we do, like basically drinking our own Kool-Aid sort of thing from the human resources uh, standpoint. And then on the general like business development and staffing, I think I got really lucky with uh, having some great people uh, who, uh, who like uh, working uh, with the company and likes, uh, the, uh, likes the fact that uh, we have a uh, we like to make money and we also like to make an impact at the same time. So uh, it's, a, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a good value prop being part of the company that uh, cares. Um, and, and I myself uh, try to follow the uh, principles of servant leader. Uh, I work on empowering people to succeed in their jobs um, and uh, uh, yeah, so that that helps the team to kind of succeed. Like we uh, respecting each other and uh, inclusivity, and uh, it, these are really important for us. Yeah, I'm curious on the on the culture side. When you have that many people, you can get that diffusion, right? Where there's so many of us. It's not like we're all in the same space and we're you know rubbing off of each other. Uh, you can have that you can have miscommunication you could have you know random subcultures pop up on their own right like that just developed on its own versus what the company is actually trying to do and now especially with working virtually you know having so many people working virtually i've heard a lot of people discuss it's been a challenge to maintain our culture or be specific about the of the culture we're looking for versus what just naturally happens on its own how have you guys thought about approaching that challenge? Uh, I mean, I am really like not an expert uh, on the, the culture, uh, commenting on culture, because it's kind of like new to me. <laughs> uh, in a way, uh, it's, uh, uh, I, I really depend on uh, the team to uh, the, like the core team to kind of like help uh, develop, uh, help develop that and do that. I know it's like really important piece, uh, but I know my own limitations. I'm a sure. guy like heads down, like want to talk to <laughs> a laptop, nobody else, right? Right, <laughs> at right. At the same time, like want to change the world. <laughs> so, uh, so I, so that's why uh, uh, the basic principles that uh, I have is servant leader being being a servant leader just empower people to do their job uh, be ac uh, acceptance to the uh, accept their ideas and like empower them so that's one big thing that uh, i follow and then uh, we uh, try to identify the people who uh, who are go who are going to go above and beyond uh, to make us succeed and uh, uh, help them build the and work with them to build the teams uh, that can uh, work together, um, and uh, and then I also depend on data to manage the culture. <laughs> Basically, by that what I mean is uh, we use uh, project management systems like Basecamp and uh, ClickUp uh, sort of things, uh, where we make. Uh, the information flow transparent. So that way people are uh, not like pointing fingers. Instead, uh, they are like, they know everything that's going on with each other and, uh, and try to work with each other so that 
uh, transparency. I led the data uh, uh, and the information transparency uh, as much as possible uh, within the uh, within the organization to create that uh, uh, basically a mutual uh, a, a culture where they can work with each other and uh, be uh, and be uh, great employees and uh, stewards of the company i love that when when possible bring in data right if we can bring any objectivity into something that feels subjective that's going to help us a lot right yeah i mean it's uh, the whole the whole idea there is how can we uh, make the subjective conclusions uh, more as much objective as possible because if there is a, if there's a problem if it is there documented people can see there is no pointing fingers it's like people can take the accountability and responsibility based on like what is out there totally makes sense i love that okay let's get to our lightning round questions i want to respect your time so i've got five questions for you that we've asked every founder on the podcast so question number one if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization what would that message be one message <laughs> like a billboard in the office that everybody just gets it it's in their dna what message would you want inside their blood so we always uh, advocated for your past is not your future so your past is not your future just keep working hard and you would succeed love that make the company succeed yeah awesome all right number two what is the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business? And also, what was the worst? <laughs> oh, single uh, best advice. Uh, for me, figure out how to delegate. That was like the single best advice. So I was doing everything like, uh, but the, um, how to delegate. And basically, that's the, in, in, in delegation also, helps trust build better trust within the company and within the teams uh, so that was like the uh, one important advice uh, what's the worst <laughs> well uh, i don't know uh, i mean we uh, yeah so i i would say which we did not follow right? uh, one of the worst advice that we got was we should be a charity, not a for-profit organization. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So many people and even like some of the investors also told that to us, but uh, we did not follow that because at least from my perspective, from my perspective, uh, if we were a charitable organization, we would have not invested uh, or done so much of innovation uh, around technology and like being so agile around like what we are doing because you may be responsible for someone <laughs> for different types of results. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I still think that we should have a charity uh, um, wing <laughs> now because we are mature enough and we we kind of know exactly where the uh, the charitable wing uh, uh, would fit in. But yeah, in the early days, I think that was like a bad advice, and I'm glad we did not follow. Yeah. You know, I came, well, you don't know this, but I came from the, the nonprofit world before this and, you know, love it. And there's plenty of industries or there's plenty of things that they need that kind of charity model. But I also think if at all possible, if you could develop a solution that is actually a sustainable business that makes good money, it actually helps you serve the cause better because you have resources to develop real solutions and, actually find you know the innovative solution they might need versus having to spend so much of your time seeking donors and you're working with a bootstrap budget and you're hoping you know it's like you're duct taping solutions and so uh, i totally agree with you it's like man if you could look at the problem and also develop a business that has a working business model you could actually give back what your heart is much more adequately than if you just have a a charity does that yeah. make sense yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love charities. I mean, I do it, right? I yeah. do a lot of stuff. It's just that it was not the right advice for us. But I would, again, like like I said, I we would 
probably have like a charity wing at some time <laughs> soon. But yeah, so I love charities. It's just it's not the right advice. But I'll yeah, that part of that. I love it. All right, question number three. What causes you the most stress or worry currently leading your organization? Uh, most stress or worry currently leading my organization. Uh, uh, the most stress or worry is that how can we uh, help like more and more people get jobs? So a lot of times, uh, uh, like I said, uh, it, it is difficult to make organizations pay for the talent. Uh, and that uh, also, and if we can remove that piece um, and create like the talent pipelines, we could be helping 10 times more people. And lit, lit, so to just quantify it, right? So uh, every person who gets a job they would make at least an additional million dollars in their career, right? Because wow. we are moving people from around 50, 60, or maybe 40, 50, uh, $60,000 careers to pretty easily 100, uh, 70, 80, 100K and above careers within like two to three years time frame, And they would have about at least 15 to 30 years of this new career, right? Right. So currently we are creating at least a million dollar additional income for this family. And a lot of times we see wife and husband uh, joining our programs, of course, if not at the same time, but they, they see that uh, this, uh, their spouse uh, income has changed, their lifestyle has changed and it's possible to do and there are opportunities. So for a family, it's two to $3 million additional revenue that we are creating that shift them from the better zip codes, gives the kids better education and it just changes the career completely. So yeah, that's kind of like what stresses me out in the sense, how come we have so much talent within United States who we can train and give this like really amazing skills and uh, why is the industry like not ready to hire them like that? And why, yeah. why there is hesitancy, right? So if we can remove that hesitancy from the enterprises in hiring and uh, people are, people are this, this is what another thing that I observed, people look for hand ups, not handouts. Nobody wants the handout. Right, they want yeah. they they want like an opportunity. They want a career. They want a career, and if we can, uh, uh, that's what kind of like stresses me out. Like, why can't why why doesn't market uh, not ready to do that? Uh, but again, like it's changing. But hopefully, uh, we'll be able to help like more people and help more and uh, more companies uh, in, increase their uh, in, uh, inclusivity. Uh, and also uh, hire amazing talent and really like make an impact on the you know, individuals, families, and societies. I love that. Now you've, you've touched on this a little bit in different areas, but I still asked question number four anyways. And question number four is what is your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal for this company? <laughs> My big, hairy, audacious goal really is, uh, that's our North Star. We want to help 100,000 people transition into good paying jobs. When I say good paying jobs, paying 70,000, 80,000 and more type of jobs. Um, and these are career jobs. So that's that's our big heritage goal. And uh, that keeps us excited and innovate and like keep working. Um, um, and uh, and then like when we do when we do that like we still keep this KPI one interview equal to one job, right? So we are not putting like a pro we are not put and we want to put a product that's of high quality which is like one one interview equal to one job for people and do that uh, for a hundred thousand people that's a billion dollar business easy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Awesome. All right, question number five is going to be a break from our serious questions. It's a creative question. If you could hop into a DeLorean and you get to go back to your past, 
But the rule is you only get to tell yourself one thing out the driver's side window as you drive by. When are you going back in your past? And what message would you deliver to that younger version of yourself? <laughs> wow. I, uh, if, I, if I had to tell the younger version of myself, I would say, uh, hey, uh, changing the world can be fun too. So have a lot of fun while <laughs> changing the world uh, because both of them can go together. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's awesome. Well, Ram, thank you so much for making time and your busy schedule to be with us here today. Uh, I've learned a lot. Uh, I, I really enjoy you. I love your mission. I love the company you're building, uh, the innovation that you guys are approaching and applying to uh, learning and development and really opening up a whole new potential horizon for thousands of people every year. So thank you for the work you're doing and thank you for being on this podcast today. Uh, thank you so much, Drew, for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure speaking. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.